Good morning, Rabosai. Good Arab Shabbos. Um, we have a Talmud Torah sponsor of Dovi and Nina Elman in honor of the daughter Ayelet becoming Bas Mitzvah. May she continue to be a source of nachas to the entire family. And a Dafyomi sponsor, Binyamin Fleischman, thanking Rabbi Silver. Thank you to all our sponsors. Today's Daf is Memches in Pesachim. Uh, we're, and we're picking up, actually, on the top of Memches. Memches, of course, is Moach in Hebrew, Hebrew for the brain. And Memches is 48, which is also famous in Pirkei Avos. We have the 48 Ways to Wisdom, which is the sixth Mishnah in the sixth chapter of Pirkei Avos. And it has a whole list of different paths to self-improvement. So the 48 Ways to Wisdom is highly recommended. There are books on that topic. There's a lot of Hashkafa. A lot of Musser in there, and it's very uh, useful, actionable information. It's, uh, it's, it's better than any self, modern self-help book. It's a self-help book written about 2,000 years ago and more, so it's a highly recommended. So we're on Daf 48, 48 Ways to Wisdom. It's a good remez, and we're on the topic of Ho'il. Ho'il is a very famous topic in Shas. Ho'il means since, and the entire concept is since you need food for guests, you can cook on Yom Tov. Remember yesterday we said he already ate his Sudas Yantav. So he already ate on Yantav. Um, guests might show up and you want to have fresh food available. We, we said that it was the meat of Avraham Avinu. When guests would show up, he would cook them fresh food. And the, uh, the Gemara in Yuma we mentioned yesterday said Avraham Avinu kept Kola Turakula, even the Durabanans. What was the example was uh, uh, er, uh, the, the, uh, the, Eruv to, uh, the Eruv to cook from Yom Tov to Shabbos. So he would even have fresh food prepared for guests, because Avraham Avinu's Mida was bringing in guests. Uh, of course, if he hadn't eaten his Suda on Yom Tov, the Shulchan Aruch brings that you should you can cook whatever you want on Yom Tov. You can be marbe bebeshul. You can cook a lot of different dishes, and so he's going to have a lot of leftovers for Shabbos. But he's cooking right now for his Suda's Yom Tov. He can be marbe bebeshul. The Shulchan Aruch says you should, he should taste from everything on Yom Tov. Lechatrili should taste it all, and then he's going to eat it on Shabbos. Good, but he's he's cooked it on Yom Tov for Tzorach Yom Tov. So this whole we're talking about is even. Though the man cooking, he already ate a Sudas Yantav, but Hoel, guests were going to show up and he needs to have hot, fresh food for them so he can cook for the guests right now on Yom Tov and it's not doing any problem. So we, we, what we were doing at the end of yesterday's discussion was we were trying to disprove Hoel. So Rabbah had this attack on Hoel from this statement that someone was cooking a Gidanasha in milk and he was chayev five times. And one of those five times was havara, was light, making the fire, lighting up the fire. And they say, if he's chayev on that, that doesn't make sense because that disproves hoil. Because he could tell you, hoil, that I need the fire to cook food on Yantav for my guests. I need to have fresh food available. I shouldn't be chayev on havara. I should only be chayev four times instead of five. Of course, we're going to give him malchus on the gedanasha and the basar b'cholov and cooking basar b'cholov and, and all this. But uh, for the havara, he should be putter. So what Rabba's suggestion was, was take out Havara and put in Atse Muksa. He was, I'm just speaking outside what we did at the bottom of Memzain. He says, it's Atse Muksa. They said, well, you hold Muksa's Deraisa? He says, yeah, I hold Muksa's Deraisa. Remember we said, Hechinu Atashir Yaviyu, that there was a concept Moshe told Amisrael to prepare the man in advance, to designate it, at least to say it was for Shabbos. And so he hold Muksa was Deraisa. He said, no, you can't hold like this. Because then we brought this, this was the last thing we were doing on the top of today's daf. We brought this perush on Yechezkel, this drasha from this pasuk on Yechezkel about what's fitting to be a carbon and what's fitting for Nesachim. And we said that only things that have their own inherent flaw, they were tevel, or they were miser, or they were a palgas, they weren't the right age of an animal. These were things that were not able to be a carbon. That's what Yechezkel was teaching us. And this excludes something muksa. 
And uh, so we're, we're continuing in that vein on the, um, really on the, we, we left off on the first wide line on Memchas, but we're going to do what's called the running start. Uh, we're going to be four lines up in the, in the small lines. The fourth line from the, from the top says, Ein mevi in the sochim in the tevel. We, we didn't, this is, this is his Rabba's drasha in Yechezkel, and it's the disproof that, uh, that Rabba holds Muxus de Raisa. Ein mevi in the sochim in a tevel. Tevel is, of course, mixed, chulin, and uh, that hasn't been tied. You haven't separated out the tithes. You might have thought you also can't bring from Muksa. The problem is, is an inherent problem in the item itself. These grains or this wine has not been tithed. So the only things disqualified from this beach are something that's an inherent flaw in the item itself. This excludes Muksa. It's not an inherent flaw in the item. Ella iser davar acher garmlo. The problem is not the item. The problem is it wasn't set aside. It wasn't designated. It wasn't brought into the temple and put with the animals that are going to be for karbanos. It's a perfectly good animal itself. It just wasn't brought in and set aside for Yom Tov or Shabbos. The e amrat iser muksa deraisa. And if you're going to tell me, Rabbi, that that muksa is deraisa, mali iser gufa, mali iser davar acher, then muksa should be an inherent disqualification in the item if muksa is deraisa. So, Rabbi, you can't tell me that muksa is deraisa. Oh, then also, Rabbi, ha'atu, it was you, de amrat, you told us chilak melachos the Shabbos. There is a division of forbidden labors on Shabbos. But there is not a division on Yantav. What does this mean? If you did more than one malacha at the same time, we did. We just uh, learned Maseches Shabbos. It's a, li- it's a little. It's a little old because we did Maseches Erevin already. But here we are, half with Yom already. But in Shabbos, we said there's 39 avos malachas, and if he's doing, if he's doing the av and the tolda. He gets he gets one it's 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 one problem it's it's one carbon but if he's doing multiple av malachot at the same time avot malachot he could get more than one carbon at the same time so that's chiluk malachot the shabbat he might be high of three or four carbonot for one act on shabbos because he's doing different av malachos ain chiluk malachos yantiv but there's no chiluk on yantiv so if rabba is, is telling us muksas deraisa then it's inconsistent with what Rabbah taught that there's ein chiluk malachas liyantav because we're talking about a yantav case here. He's cooking the gid nasha and milk on yantav itself, so muksa shouldn't even be a chiluk for Rabbah. So we, we disproved Rabbah, so we can't say that this person who's, who's cooking the gid nasha and milk is chayav five times. We can't say that Rabbah's substitution of muksa for haravara is valid. Eila abik havara, rather we should take out havara, v'ayel atse ashera. And what was the fifth Avera that, that he's doing? He's using Atse Asher. He's using firewood from an Ashera tree, an Avodah Zara tree. That's Hara Mechacha, and that's its Asr to use Avodah Zara. And the warning against it is from here. Lo yidbak biyadcha me'uma menacherem. It should not stick to your hand anything from the Isr, from the Avodah Zara. So you can't have any benefit from an Avodah Zara. Amr le Ravacha berei de Rova. Ravacha the son of Rava says, Labayek. So if the problem is using Avodazara, there's another Isser associated with Avodazara, which is bringing any Avodazara into your house. So you can't, you couldn't bring the firewood into your Rishos, into his Chatzar, if he's cooking the house, into the house. So it's not just one Malkus for using a share of firewood, it's actually two different ones. So then instead of being Chayav 5, he's Chayav 6. So it's interesting, he, we're here in January and people are throwing out their Christmas trees. And that's, uh, it's an interesting thing, there's a Gemara in Avodazara. 
uh, that talks about how you can't do business with uh, the, the Nochrim around their holiday because they're celebrating their holiday and they have, you can't buy leftover things from their holiday. So we might think, uh, the, the, the post game, I don't think mentioned Christmas trees, Davka, but the, the Tosfos over there, he says that for a lot of them, it's what we call minhag avoseichem biadechem. They're doing what their fathers have always done, but they don't have such a religious connotation to it. And I, I'm not poskening here. I'm not telling you to go out and use leftover Christmas trees to bake your challah. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the Mefarshim even 500, 600 years ago said that the, um, the non-Jews in their days weren't so attached to their ritual practices as they had been, you know, 2,000 years ago. So there was a, there was a, a, a discussion then in the Rishonim that, you know, they weren't so, it was sort of a minhag for most of them. For, they say for the, for the priests, for the religious leaders, it was, it was different. They were very attached. But for the common person, they weren't quite so attached to their, to their avodazaras, and maybe it wouldn't be quite the same level of, of Isser doing business with them. Uh, but uh, that's a discussion that we've shown him. It's interesting. You can't bring it into your house. So I, I had a kasha once. It was a shayla I had. Somebody gave us a, a tchotchke. And the tchotchke was a little statuette, a little itty-bitty statue of a fiddler on the roof. So of course, it was a Jewish guy. He gave us, you know, it's a cute little, little housewarming gift or something. A fiddler on the roof. Well, it's very, a very Jewish thing to, to give a guy. And I, I asked my, my Rebbe, who was a Pisic at the time, I said, is this, is this a Shaila? It's a statue. It's, it's a little weird for a Jew to have a statue. It's strange. He said, it's not really a problem to have a statue. But what you should do is since the statue has, you know, he has fingers and he has ears and a face, you should take something off. You should, uh, you should remove a finger, an ear or something, and make it not a Shalom anymore. And that way, now if, there's, if ever an idolater comes and he's looking for something to pray to, he's not going to pray to this because it's missing a finger, it's missing an ear. So you, you go, you get the Dremel, and you grind something off, and you make it a not a Gishmaka Vodazara, and not a Gishmaka statue. It's not a Vodazara unless an Ovid Vodazara prays to it, but this little statue was not, uh, you know, I, I, I took the Dremel to it and made it not a Gishmak statue for a Vodazara. We, we have the same concept by wine that uh, the Ovid Vodazara used to pour out in the Sachim libations. They would pour out wine to their idols, but they wouldn't use yain mevushal. They wouldn't use cooked wine because that's a, it's considered less of a quality. It's considered not as gishmak as, as raw wine. So that's why we don't have such a problem by yain mevushal. If you have a, 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 a cleaning lady, you have someone in the, someone come into the house, if you have yain mevushal out, they're not going to use it for their nesachim. We're not, we're not choshes going to use it for nesachim because it's not as gishmak. So too, if you have like some sort of statue or something and it's, it's not a shalom, it's missing a digit, it's not so gishmak to pray to, we're less concerned that the ovde avodazara will, uh, will, will make use of it. So good, that's, that's our tangent about statues and yain mevushal. El apik havara, so whether we should take out havara, so, so it's not firewood from a is the fifth one because that would come to six averas. He used atze hektish, so he did me'ila, he used consecrated firewood. And the warning instance is from here. You should burn their asherah But you cannot do the same to Hashem your God. Now, we're saying you could burn the asherah with Aish. The problem we suggested before was he was using the asherah as firewood to make his, um, his, his gidanasha cheeseburger. So you cannot get benefit from burning the Asherah, but you're supposed to burn the Asherah. You're supposed to get rid of the Avodah You know, For some of them, we throw them, grind them up, throw them in the Yama Melach, destroy them, burn them up. So by the Asherah, you can burn it, but you can't get any benefit from it. You can't do the same to Hashem. It's interesting, the Rambam says 
in Eretz Yisrael, there's a mitzvah is to go find and destroy the Avodah Zarah. It's, it's a search and destroy mission. And he makes Lechilak and Chutzla Aretz. You, you, have a, you have a mitzvah to destroy a Vodazara if it comes to your hand. You don't have to go out and find a Vodazara and destroy it. So we don't have to go looking in, you know, in, in secondhand stores for little statues and grinding them up. You know, we don't have to do that. But if, if it comes to your hand, if someone gives you a little statuette, okay, you could, you could uh, make, it, make it puzzle for a Vodazara. But, uh, but you, you are supposed to burn in a Shera, but you can't get a benefit from them. Amar Rami Rachama, Haldarav Chista Rami Machlokis. So we haven't... So to sum up, we haven't disproved Halil from this fact that this guy cooking his Gidanasha in milk is high of five times because we didn't have a valid substitution for Havara. So, so we, it's not a disproof to Me'ila. To, sorry, to, to Ho'il, not Me'ila, not quite the same thing. So we, we're comparing now to a Machlug as we had of Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Eliezer. And this goes back a, a few days that their problem was if you have Tame dough. Rashi explains your dough was Tame but you haven't been mafresh chala. So now you have a serious problem, and it's, and it's Pesach, so it's, it's getting worse. So if he's mafresh chala, he can't bake it, because that wouldn't be ochel nefesh, Rabbi because it's, it's yantav, it's Pesach, and if he separates chala tmeya, the Kohen can't eat that. And this is what we do all the time now. We separate chala and we burn it, because uh, we all have tuma issues, you know, we've all been to funerals, we've been around things that are tameh, we're not so careful anymore. So we can't give our challah today to Kohanim, it's, it's challah tmeya. So he has the same problem, he has a dough that's tmeya. If he's mafresh challah right now, he can't do anything with it. It's gonna come to, be, to become chametz. He has to leave it sitting there, it's gonna become chametz. He's got a problem. Rabbi Lazar said, no, he should bake it all right now. We're gonna see, well, we're gonna see the, the explanation. So we're gonna see if that's a proof or a disproof to Hawil, this machlokis we had a couple days ago on Memvav. With, between Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Yezer about what to do with your dough that's Tameh because you're going to have an issue of Chala Tameh with it. Good. So So this issue we've just been, this discussion between Rabbi Chista and Rabbi we've just been discussing about this, this Malkus five times for these five different Veras including Habara, Machlokus, Rabbi Yezer, Rabbi Yeshua, he. This is the same Machlokus, Rabbi Yezer, Yeshua, to Rabbi Yezer, Savar, Amrin, and Ho. Rabbi Yezer says, we do say Ha'il, Rabbi Yeshua, Savar, Lo, Amrin, and Ha'il. Rabbi Yeshua says, we do not let you apply ho'il in that case. What's the case? Amr of Papa, Dilma Adkan, lo kamar Rabbi Eliezer chasam, doing a ho'il. So maybe Eliezer only says that we don't say ho'il there. Ela be'idna deka'ayil tanura. when he's putting this dough into the oven, this dough which is tameh, kol chada v'chada chazilei So what's going on is every loaf is rawi for the baker himself. So um, Rashi is saying, so... Rashi says what the problem was, was uh, what he's doing, he's baking a lot of loaves, but his dough is tameh. So he's going to, at the end, separate one of these loaves challah. That's what he would normally do. And it's not ochel nefesh because the Kohen can't eat that loaf because it's tameh. So Rabbi Lezer still says because if he wants, this in Rashi, he doesn't have to separate one he could take off a little bit of each loaf. So instead of separating one roll for all of them as challah, he could take the corner off of each one as challah. And uh, so each loaf itself, each time he puts a loaf into the oven, or a matzah in this case, you know, understand their matzah wasn't like our matzah, their matzah was thicker. We had a, a gemar before, it's up to a tefach. A tefach is pretty thick, Rabosai. So if you've seen the Taimani matzahs, they're definitely not a tefach. They're like an etzba. They're like a finger thick, but it's still much thicker than the uh, than the shmur matzahs we get 
we get today normally, but the Temani matzahs are still, you know, they're thin by ancient standards, but you can imagine that's what he's doing is each time he's putting one of these in the oven, Rabbi Lezer says it's chazi for him. It's appropriate for him right now because he can take off the corner of it and eat, eat from each, each loaf. Each, it's really a matzah. Or it, it, it probably looks more like a pita. It looks more like a temani matzah. So he's saying, so maybe Eliezer disagrees with Hoel. He would say Hoel by the, using the tamea dough uh, because each loaf is rawi for him, for the baker himself. But here for Hoel in general, for guests, de la orchin de chazi, it's, it's for appropriate for guests, because he's already eaten his sudas, his sudas yantav, as we said, and he's now cooking extra uh, for guests that could show up. So it's only, it's only appropriate for guests, but for the baker himself, it's not chazi. Maybe Rabbi Lezer will not say ha'il. So, so to, to sum up, Rabbi Lezer says ha'il, you can, you, you can bake all your loaves from your tamay dough, because each loaf, he could just break off the corner as challah, and the baker can eat that dough himself. The baker's not a Kohen. He's not, he's not concerned with eating the challah tamea. But maybe for guests, he wouldn't say ha'il. He wouldn't apply the concept of ha'il because it's for guests. It's not for himself. So baker could do the tircha for himself because he could eat from each loaf by breaking off the corner as challah. But for guests, maybe Eliezer doesn't agree with the concept of ha'il. Maybe it's not, uh, that's not the, the attack. Adkan uh, Lokama Rabbi Yeshua Hasa. Maybe it's maybe Rabbi Yeshua only says over there by the the tme, the dough, the lo amrin and that we don't say halul there. Elad ikachada the lo chazia lo lididev lo laorchin because there's one loaf in this in this uh, this whole he's baking a lot of loaves, a lot of pitas, a lot of matzahs at the same time. One of them is not going to be fitting, not for himself, the baker, and not for orchim because it's going to be chala tmeya. Because what Rabbi Yeshua uh, is saying is you can't take off a corner from each one. You can't bake all of the pitas, all the matzot right now, and break, just break off a corner as challah. You're going to take one, one whole piece out as challah for the other ones, and that one is challah tamea, and no one can eat it. So it's tircha on yom tov that's not needed because it's not ochel nefesh, and you're, you're doing a malacha on yantav now by baking that extra piece, which is going to be challah. Of but here by the regular hoel, by hoel for the guests, cooking for guests that might come, cooking on yantav. It's appropriate. This, this food is edible for guests. It's not halatameya. It's just regular hula and regular food. So maybe Rabbi Yeshua would agree that we do say chalba orchin. So this machlokis of Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yeshua that, uh, about what to do with a tame dough, if you can actually cook that, if you can cook all of it on Yom Tov, or if Rabbi, Rabbi Yeshua said you should separate some out as challah, even though it's going to come. It's going to become chametz. This dough you, we separate. We normally do separate dough before we bake it. So, so Rabbi Yehoshua says that's what we do, even on Pesach, even though that dough is going to come into chametz. Uh, so maybe that's not a proof that Rabbi Yehoshua disagrees with Chol because maybe that's only because that that tame dough will not be fitting for anyone to eat. But by Chol in general, because you can give it to guests, it's fitting for someone to eat. So maybe he would agree to Chol. Uh, the rabbi said in front of Rabbi Yirmiya, the Rabbi Zera, and Rabbi Zera, uh, they said this explanation that the, uh, that this chiluk about what Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Shua were arguing about was ha'il, that their their root machlokes was in the concept of ha'il. Rabbi Yirmiya kibla. Rabbi Yirmiya accepted this explanation of the machlokes Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Shua. Rabbi Zera lo kibla. Rabbi Zera didn't accept it. He said, I don't think they're arguing about ha'il. Amrly Rabbi Yirmiya Rabbi Zera. Rabbi Yirmiya says to Rabbi Zera. Milsia de Kashilon. There was this this topic was very hard for us. We were working on this, but Asya Kamashone. It's been in front of us for many years already. But my plea, Rabbi Lezer, what they're arguing about? 
Hashem Rua Mishmei the Gavar Rabbah, and now we've said an explanation in the name of a great man, Velo uh, Nikvila, and you, you didn't accept it. This this is an amazing thing. They were they were arguing and debating and exploring this topic Kamashone for many years. Everybody say, how many times did we get a kasha in the Gemara and we forgot it the next day? I mean, this is Dafyomi. We're moving very quickly. Understand? But this is an amazing thing. So if you have a good question, write it down. Look something up. Think about it. You know, after sure, you could even Google it. Sometimes there's an article written. I, I've had I've had times happen before where I was said that's kind of weird, and I Googled it, and there was a, some rabbi had written an article about that exact shaila in the Gemara. So it, it happens sometimes that uh, that you can you can find answers to your kashas. But it, it's a real amazing thing. They were debating this for years, and now they had an answer. They were very excited to have an answer for it. So we should should be zochet to remember when you have a good kash in the Gemara and you ask some questions, look for answers, and be excited when we get an answer. They're very excited. So he says I, he says I can't so, so he says I can't accept it. How can I accept it? The Tanina, there's a brisa. There's a brisa that explains their argument a little better. That Rabbi Yeshua says, he says back to Rabbi Yezer, So Rabbi Yeshua is telling Rabbi Yezer, if you bake all of these, all of this tamay dough into matzis, then one of them is going to be the, the challah. One of them will be separated challah for the rest of them. And he will be over doing malacha on yantav. Because that one is not ochel nefesh, because the Kohen can't eat it, because it's chalatamea vishasikle. And Rabbi Yezer didn't have an answer to him. The Isa, and if it's true that Rabbi Yezer holds by Hoel, he could say, Hoel, it's Rawi, the baker could take off a corner of each one and eat it. Lay he should have answered him, time of the Dibishim, Hoel, my reasoning that I allow him to bake all of the dough uh, on Pesach, even though it's Tame, is because of Hoel. Hoel, the baker could eat from each loaf. Amrle the Taimech. He says, for your reasoning, ha, you, you say there's another statement, there's another b'risa where Rabbi Yeshua answers Rabbi Ezer, but if that's your line of reasoning, ha, the tzanina, there's another b'risa, there's another b'risa, amr lo Rabbi Yezer. Rabbi Yezer says, l'devrecha, to you, Rabbi Yeshua, harehu over mishum bal Says, you, you say he should separate challah from this tame dough and leave it and just bake the rest of the dough, but not the challah, he's going to come, it's going to become chametz. After 18 minutes or both, I were worried it's going to become chametz. He'll be over, it's going to be chametz on Pesach, v'shasik leh. Rabbi Yeshua didn't answer him. Ha'chanami do'lo ahadrleh. So you see, he didn't answer them. Ha'kam ahadrleh. No, he did have an answer. In the Mishnah, Ditzna in the Mishnah said, lo zehu chametz shimuzharin alav, mishim bayrayvayimatzeh. So Rabbi Yeshua's answer in the Mishnah to Rabbi Eliezer's kasha was, that's not the chametz we're worried about, which is an amazing answer, because Lemaisa, separating the, the dough as challah and letting it sit there, it's going to become chametz. You're going to have a problem with it. You're going to have to get rid of it. But he says, that's not the chametz we're worried about. So Rabbi Yeshua would let people bake a, a tamay dough on Pesach, even though the, the challah they separated before they baked it would potentially become chametz. So what's happening is, is he didn't answer him in a b'raisa, but he did answer him in the Mishnah. So that's what Rabbi Shua did. He didn't answer him in the Mishnah, but he did answer him in a different mechilta, a different teaching. So there could be a statement out there, Rabbi Yeshua has a good answer to, to Rabbi Eliezer is a good answer to Rabbi Yeshua, and it could be his answer was Hoel. He could say, listen, if you don't agree to be that, I do say Hoel, that the man baking the loaves could eat from each one by breaking off a corner as challah. So all the loaves are chazi. He's not doing a malacha on yantav, and it's fine It's fine to do that. Tanya, Rebbe Omer, halacha Rabbi Eliezer. Rebbe says halacha is Rabbi Eliezer, that we would let him bake all of the tamay dough. Uh, Rabbi Yitzchak, Amar halacha ke ben He says, no, the halacha is like ben Becerra. Ben Becerra said there was an answer 
that what you do is you do like Rabbi Yeshua, you separate challah from the dough that's tamay. Now you can't bake it on Yom Tov because it's not ochel nefesh because Cohen can't eat it. What you do is you dip it in cold water so it won't come to chimetz. You keep it cold and it, it won't get ever warm enough to become chametz. And then you can somehow he's going to get rid of it. He's going to he's going to remove it from his rishul. So he's not going to be over by say. But that was Ben Beseira's answer to make Rabbi Yeshua work that he shouldn't come to chametz was to keep it cold. Good. So we'll, while we're on the topic, so we're kind of Baruch Hashem, we've had a lot of a lot of hell. And uh, while we're on the topic of, of baking dough on Pesach, we say Kama Shir Isa. What's the Shir of Isa? So Rashi explains the Shir of Isa Lalush Pesach that you should bake on Pesach Lo uh, Yoser, but not more than the Shir Shiyachol Shomra Midei Chimas that it shouldn't come to Chimas because we just had a problem of separating challah from a, from a tamay dough, Rabbi Shua says you do it anyway, and Ben Maseira says you have to keep it cold so it doesn't come to chametz. so we say, well, how much should you do, you know, normally, how much dough should you be baking on Pesach that you can protect it, Rashi says, it won't become chametz. Rabbi Yishmael, Benosh Rabbi Yochanan ben Broka, Omer, Bechitin, he says, if you're using wheat flour, kabin, 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 two kav, if you're using barley flour, shloshes kabin, if you're using barley, you should have Three cubbing. So it would depend on what you're using, how much uh, dough you should make at one time that you're able to keep it mixed, keep it moving, and not come to, to become chametz. Rabbi Nasan, Omer, Mishum, Rabbi Eliezer, Chilof actually reverse it. It would be two for barley and three for wheat. We actually saw last week there was a machlokis which becomes chametz faster, wheat or barley. And we said uh, there was a tzad to say that wheat is harder and less likely to become chametz. But the grains of wheat were permeable to water. They had a hole in them and the water could come in and maybe the grains could become chametz faster. Whereas barley was softer and maybe that would become uh, chametz faster, but it was also smooth. It didn't have an opening, the water wouldn't go in and maybe there's a tzad to say it would become chametz more slowly. So wheat and barley have different uh, aspects and there's a machlokas here too about this, which becomes chametz faster. Because if you're using more, there's more of a danger it becomes chametz, so maybe you should use less if it's a, an item that could become chametz more easily. Vatanya, but there's a b'raisa, by wheat there's three kav, he said two before, now he says three, and by sorin he says four kavim. So that's a, uh, quite a bit more. Low kasha, we say, no, that's not a kasha. He said two and three in one place, three and four in another place. Ha one is hasichta, is inferior quality, it's sort of a, a lower quality grain. Ha and one is a higher quality grain. Uh, Amar of Papa Shmamina. So Rav Papa says you can learn out from this. So it's worse to have bad wheat than uh, than good wheat. Tefei, it's even worse. So it's more important to have good wheat than to have good barley. So the difference between bad barley and good barley is not as great as the difference between uh, not inferior wheat and superior wheat. That there by the wheat, uh, Tilsa, uh, by, there's a one third difference. We went from two to three, so that's one third milabar, from, counting from the outside. So going from three to two, it's a one third difference. Acha and here there's a one fourth difference, going from four to three. Four kav of inferior barley you could use, it won't come today to Hametz if you're, if you're working it, and three if it's superior barley, and that's a one fourth difference. So, that's, uh, so we see that wheat and barley are, uh, interact differently. We actually have this, that all the menachas in the Torah are wheat, except for two exceptions. Anyone know the two exceptions? What do we, what do we bring from barley? What mincha is barley? I, I heard an omer, I heard a shvus. Did I hear a sota? Anyone sota, sota? Also sota. 
So very good. So the carbon omer, which is matir, all the grain, is actually barley. So it's an amazing thing. Even though barley is considered inferior, the carbon omer is brought from barley and it works for all the grains. And the mincha of a sota is brought from barley because barley is considered like an animal food. It's considered inferior to wheat on, on some levels. Obviously, you can, you can use it. You can make matzah out of it. But it's considered more animalistic. And the sota was accused of acting on animalistic desires. So we bring a mincha from from the barley, and it doesn't have any, uh, doesn't have any levona, it doesn't have any uh, seasoning on it, because it's very, very base, very animalistic. So we see there's a difference between wheat and barley. There's also a difference in the way they become chametz and interact like this. Uh, so Amarav Kaba Melugna, the kav from Melugna, the pischa. That's how much you should use for Pesach. Vechen lechala. That's also as much as the shear of chala. Vehatznan, but there's a Mishnah turning over to Amid Beis. So five-fourths of a kav of, of kemach, of flour, that's what's chayev in chala. So anything above that amount is chayev in chala. Hachikamar, kava milugnoi, the kav of milugna nami ahai shira kai. That's this shear. So this is the shear of chala. Uh, there's a, you know, it's, it's 42 and one, one-fifth eggs worth. There's sort of the, the minag is five pounds. We do take chala with a bracha. And over three pounds, we take chala without a bracha. And under three pounds, we wouldn't take chala bichalal. It's not the, it's not the shear yet. We're going to see. Amar of Yosef, Hani Nashi Dudan. Our women, where we are, Nachug Lemifa Kafiza Kafiza. When they bake on Pesach, they use only a kafiza. And Rashi says this is three fifths. That would be three pounds. So, Lepischa. That's what they bake on Pesach. They use a smaller amount, so they're not as, uh, they're worried it's going to, to become chametz. They want a smaller amount to work with at the same time. Amar Lebaye, Maitatach. Uh, what are they thinking? They're going to be machmir to use a smaller amount so they don't become chametz. This is a chumra that becomes a kula. Why? Because they're removing it from chala. So they're, they're not going to have a mitzvah of chala anymore. They're using such a small amount that they can't separate chala even with a bracha. So they're going to have a kula now using a small amount. So there's an amazing shulchan aruch. And you're going to ask, what? what am I talking about? But don't worry, it will become clear. The Shulchan Arach or Chaim Ches. Hilchos Tzitzis. Yit'atif B'Tzitzit V'yivarech M'Umad. You wrap in the Tzitzit, which we're all going to do in, in uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and you say the bracha standing up. Beautiful. So the Magin Avraham says, uh, you make all your brachas standing up, but there was one exception brought. And that was Hafrashos Chala. The Mishnah says you could to make the bracha sitting down. So the Magen Avram says, why? Yesh lomar, the hafrashas chala eina mitzvah kokach. Not such a geshmaka mitzvah, hafrashas chala. The eina osa elulatakin machalo. Was what is it doing? It's not really such a mitzvah, it's a matir. It's just to, to fix up your dough, that's why he's mafresh chala. So there the bracha could be even sitting down. So the gra, you're going to love this, here we go. The gra quotes the Magen Avraham, and he says, uh, he says, Devarov ein lahem shachar. His words have no morning. They have no light. As we would say, colloquially, they don't get off the ground. Halo usur lasos isasu kabin. Because you can't make your isa small. You can't make your dough small. That's exactly what the Gemara says. We say right here, If you're going to be machmir using a tiny amount of, of dough on Pesach because you're worried about chametz, then you're not going to be separating chala, and it's a kula that becomes a chumrah, that now you're not separating chala anymore. So the, 
the, uh, the Grah says, no, Magen Avraham, you don't get off the ground. You have no shachar, you have no mourning. This is a real mitzvah. It's not just a matir, it's a real mitzvah. This comes up also with, with this, this tension between is it a mitzvah, is it a matir, we say a bracha, but yibum. There are, there are times, um, yibum chalitza, we really do chalitza here, that uh, what, if, what if somebody, you know, God forbid, her husband passes away and she's, she's very old already, but there would be a mitzvah of chalitza for the, the brother to do a chalitza, but she's 90 years old. She's not going to get remarried. She's not gonna, she's, I don't want to get remarried. What, what am I doing a chalitza for? No, what's the chalitza for? Is, is, is chalitza a mitzvah or is it a matir? You know, do we just need that for her to get married, l'shuk, that she could marry another man? We're going to learn in, in Yevamos. Or is it really, it's a mitzvah in and of itself that, you know, it needs a, it needs a, whole, a whole mitzvah. So that's the tension also here. Challah in a small amount. He says, no, you shouldn't make challah in a small amount. You should make enough challah that you can do, make enough dough that you can come to doing the mitzvah of challah. So that's the gra there who says, challah is a mitzvah, that you have the proof right here. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the dough. Amr lei da'avdon k'rabliyezer. They do like k'rabliyezer. Ditan k'rabliyezer omer harode v'nosin l'sal. So what do they do? They bake small amounts each. This kafiza, they bake it in small amounts, but they do like Rebbe Yezer. Harod, David, knows in the soul, a soul mitzarfan. They take off their little, their little loaves. Each woman has her little loaf, and they put them all in one basket. The basket joins them together lechala, for the sake of chala. So what do they do? They bake 20 little rolls, or 20 little matzahs, and each of their, their matzahs was too small to take chala from, but they put them all in the same basket. And then they got together, they separated one of those rolls as the challah for the rest of them. So, it was, so then they had enough in that whole basket, they had more than the shear. So even though they, they were, each woman contributed less than the shear, and each woman didn't take challah herself, but the women got together and took challah together. So it's an interesting minhag that Ben Yishchai brings. When, when a girl became a bat mitzvah, she would have her first hafrashas challah. That was at the party. The women would get together and they would make a dough together, you know, for Shabbos or whatever it was. And the little girl who just turned 12 and now she's a bas mitzvah, she would be mafresh challah for the first time. So it's, a, it's an amazing minhag that Ben Yishchai brings. That, that was, the, that was their, their bas mitzvah simcha. Their party was a, a mafresh challah party. So you see the chashivas of being mafresh challah. So these women would get together uh, even though they're, the, each dough was individually was too small for challah, they get together, join together, put them all in a basket, and separate challah. Amar Rav Yehuda, Mar Shmuel, because they said the halachas are that you could join them together after you bake them, you could put them all in the same basket, and mafresh one for challah. So Lamaisa, we could do this if a woman forgot to take challah and the dough is already baked. You know, we take from the dough. But if the dough is already baked into bread, it's already baked into challahs, you could put them all in the same container. It's best if they're touching, we're going to see, and be mafresh after the fact, one of them as challah. What we said about this, we didn't apply Rebbe Only the kikarus of bavel, the rolls in bavel, when you cook them, they puffed up and they got together. The Rashi says... It's, it's the first biggest, widest line. Rashi, no shechazolizoshahen rachavos vagulos. They're wide and they're round. Kein shalanu, like ours. So we see here that Rashi ate big, fluffy, round challahs, and we, we have a remnant to this. The, the Rosendorf rolls that you can get, they're they're attached together. You get like four of them or eight of them, and they're sort of stuck together. When you rip one off, there's a chance a little bit is left behind. That's still a good challah roll. We see that right here. That Rashi had rolls like this. So Rashi had uh, something like Rosendorf. Challah rolls. So that's a good, uh, good endorsement for the Rosendorf rolls. Uh, good. So, of all, if they're like ships, they're independent, they're not touching each other. Lo, we didn't apply Rebbe Leezer's halacha. But we said on this topic, says, no, even if the rolls are not noshchos, they're not connected to each other, they're not touching each other. 
we still apply the halacha of Rabbi Yezer, that you could put them all in one basket and separate one for, for all of them so the women could get together, even though each of their doughs individually was too small for challah, they could get together after and mafresh challah together. By Rabbi Yirmiya, tavlosh mahu. What about if he doesn't have a basket, doesn't have a container, but he has a flat board? Could the, all the women put their rolls on the flat board, and would that link them together to take challah one of those rolls for all of them? Um, do we need a kli with a toh, with an interior? So it has it has rim, it has a rim and an interior. Vahaleka, and a flat board does not have that. Odilma. Rather, it needs the airspace of a kli, so even a flat board has this. Ha'ika, teiku. So we didn't have an answer to that. So really, you've got to use a basket, you've got to use something with an interior with rims also. Tanya Rebliezer, Omer Rebliezer said, the basket can join them up, so even after you've baked your, your rolls, your matzot, you can put them all in a basket and take one of them as challah for all of them if you hadn't been mafresh challah before. Mishua Omer, Tanar Mitzarfan. Mishua says, even baking them in the same oven joins them all up. Uh, and you can take one as challah for the other, even without putting in the same basket. Rabban Shimon Gamli Omer, Kikarot Shobavl, Shinochot Zomizomitzarfan. When they are when they became joined together, like these Rosendorf rolls that are stuck together when they come out of the oven, like Rashi's rolls, that is mitzarf them for challah. Beautiful. So we've done chalil, we've learned about challah, we've learned about how, we, how to be mafresh challah after the fact. Good. The Mishnah says, Rabban Gamli Omer, Shalosh Nashim Lashos Ke'achas. He says, three women can, can uh, knead their dough at the same time. And they can use the same oven, one after another. So what's going on is he says, well, one woman is baking, it's a small oven, so only one woman can use it as a time, at a time. When one woman is baking, uh, the other ones are just waiting in line to use the oven. They're, they're, they're not necessarily moving their dough. And he's not worried he's going to come to chametz because it, it bakes pretty quickly. They get the oven nice and hot and it'll bake quick enough. And the, the Chambim say, not like this, rather the three women are all involved in their dough at the same time. What's going on? Achat lasha, one is kneading, and at the same time, achat orechet, one is arranging it into her rolls or matzot. Achat ofa, and the other one, and the third one is baking it. So it's sort of an assembly line we're going to see in the Gemara. Mikiva omer, lokula nashim, he says, not all the women, lokula etzim, not all the firewood, lokula tenorim shaving. Not everything's the same. You can't say, you can't rely on everyone being the same, working at the same speed. Zayaklal, uh, he says, so you can't rely on this. In, uh, on this, it might come to, for chametz because some women work more slowly than others. And while one woman's waiting, her dough might become chametz. Zayaklal tafak titlish b'tzodin, and this is the rule. If it starts to become puffy, tapach is the same same word as tapuach, is an apple, and also that was the mound of ash on the mizbeach was called tapuach, and it, it's sort of round. So if the dough starts to puff, that means it's getting gas inside from fermentation is beginning. Titlish b'tzodin, so you put it in cold water. Like Ben Becerra told us, you know, if you're mafresh uh, dough that's tame, dip it in cold water, prevent the fermentation. So if, if they're waiting and the, and the dough starts to rise, you, you gotta quickly get some cold water on that and prevent it. Gemara says, Tana Rabbanon, Losha heat, she starts to, she is kneading her dough. Mikate, uh, so Losha, she needs her dough. He, the first girl, Mikatevet, and she starts to, to uh, arrange her dough, to make it into rolls, to braid it, whatever she's doing. Chaverta Losha, and the second girl, takes over, Lasha Tachtea, in her place, starts, starts kneading. So the first girl's moved on to step two, and then the second girl's moved in, into step one. Mekatafta, she finished arranging it, he, the first girl. Ofa, she starts to bake it. Chaverta, and the second girl, Mekatevet, she moves on to step two, the arranging it, Tachtea, in her place. 
And the third girl starts to do the kneading. So it's an assembly line, you see. Ofahi. So the second girl puts her, her uh, dough in the oven. Lasha, uh, of, right, off, Ofa. So she's, she's baked. The first girl's baked already. He Lasha, she starts to, to knead another dough. She goes back to step one. Haverta, and the second girl, Ofa, she puts it in the oven. Tachtea, Vashlishis, and the third girl, Mikatevis. And so you see it's an assembly line, Choseros Chalila, and they, they keep repeating, they go, they go like stations. So, what, so one girl's always kneading, the second girl's always arranging it into loaves or matzahs, and the third girl's always baking it. And then they go back, they change places, and they keep going in an assembly line to basically keep it moving at all times. So the, the dough doesn't stop moving, the dough is work, being worked on all the time, or being baked all the time. Because as long as they're working on the dough, moving the dough, not letting it sit, it's going to not become chametz. The Rambam says an amazing thing. He says, even all day long. So as long as the dough is moving and someone's paying attention and keeping it going and keeping it moving, it won't become chametz. The Ritva says in this Rambam, what? You can't, you can't do that. You can't leave a dough, even if you're working it, even in a machine, in a mixer, you can't leave it all day. That's going to that's gonna cause problems. He says, a lot of dafka. So the Riff and the Rambam have, have an issue over this, how dafka this is. Kozman she'osekes babotzek. As long as you're working on the dough, if that really means all day long. But Rebbe Kivo Mer, he said in the Mishnah, local and Nashim Shami, he says, not every situation is the same. This is a claw in life. We're going to see. Tanya Amar Kiva Danti Gamliel says, I, I judged, I argued in front of Rabban Gamliel. Yelam Dana Rabbeinu, please teach us Rebbe. Benashim Zrizuts, is this with fast women? Oh, Benashim Shein Zrizuts, they're not so fast. Beitim Lachim with dry firewood, or Beitim Yavashim, sorry, with wet firewood or with dry firewood. Betaner Cham with a very hot oven, or Betaner Tzonen, or with a cooler oven. Obviously, it's hot, but it's not as hot as others. He says, it's, it's not the same. Amar Lee, and he told me, He says, listen, we only have what this, our sages, our earlier sages taught us. Zayakol, this is the rule. Tapach, if it starts to get poofy, it starts to come to fermentation. Titlush betzonen, you got to dip it in cold water right away. So, you know, you understand they're trying to keep it moving, but not every woman who's working as fast as her, as her friend. You have three women on the assembly line, but if one of them is less zaris than the other ones, the other ones might be uh, waiting waiting on it, and uh, you know, if, if it's 18 minutes, it's already a big problem, but even if it gets a little poofy, they've got to start dipping it in tzonin. So you see, it's, it's a claw in life. Some people are zaris in some areas, but not zaris in other areas. So you, you, know, you can't assume everyone's the same. Everyone, Zrizut is important across the board, but you can't assume everyone does everything as quickly as you do. Mishnah, si'or. Si'or is partially leavened, we're going to see, partially leavened dough. Yisarif, you have to burn it. Ochlo pater, but it's not chametz, so if someone ate it on Pesach, he's not chayev. Siduk, siduk is the next stage up, it's more fermented. Yisarif, you have to burn it. Ochlo chayev. Someone eats it, it's chayev, it's mamish, chametz gomer. Chayev karas. Ezehu si'or, what is the si'or? Kekarne hagavim. It's like the horns of a grasshopper. Rashi says, sodik. Lakan sodik lakan. So it has, you know, the, the, I think we're talking about the antenna. I don't have a grasshopper here. I don't see if it has horns, but it has antenna that go in different directions. So there's little lines on top of the dough. That's kikarne hagavim. These little lines in different directions. Siduk. What is siduk? Shenit arvu sedokin The lines are crisscrossed. The lines are touching each other. That's what Rabbi Yehuda says. Both the sior. And the siduk, both stages are chametz gamar. You can't eat them. Ezehu seer, and which is seer? When the face of it is paled, like a person whose hair stands on end. You know, understand a person's hair stands on end because he got scared, and his face gets pale. So if the color of the dough changes and becomes pale, that's the sign of seer. That's the first stage. That's when it's starting to become chametz. 
uh, already, and it, and it's chayev. Tan Rabbanon, we taught Ezehu Sior Kosha Hiskimu Panav Kaadam Shandu Sarosov. So Sior, this first stage of quasi fermentation, it's not Mamish Chavas, but it's getting there already. It's when the face of it becomes pale. Siduk Karne Chagavim. And Siduk is when you see lines on top that are like grasshopper antenna. That's what Rabbi Meir says. They say, what's a seer? That's when you get to the lines, like the antenna. And the Siduk is the next stage when the lines crisscross. And if he ate it, he's chayiv karis, it's mamish chametz already. But our Mishnah said, seer yisarif, ochlo patzer. But our Mishnah said, this seer, this first stage, he has to burn it, true, but he's not, it's not chametz gomer. He's not, he's not chayiv karis. Div Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, emol Rabbi Meir, but now we're, now the Gemara is explaining in terms of Rabbi Meir, zevize ochlo chayiv, that either stage, the seer stage and the, and the siduk stage, he's chayiv karis because it's mamish chametz gomer. Amar Rava, my time with the Rebbe Meir, what's the reasoning of Rebbe Meir? Ein lecho kol sedek v'sedek milmala, if you have lines on top, she'ein lo kamasadakim milmata, you'll have crisscrossed lines underneath. So these lines are, are signs that there's fermentation going on, that there's gas forming, escaping from the, the action of the yeast in the dough. So that's what these lines are. They're like little pockets of gas escaping. So if you have little lines on top, that means you must have crisscrossing, interlacing lines underneath. And, and it's already changing into chametz. And this is a sign, we, we see this in some people. If, if a person is, uh, is very uh, angry or very expressive outwards, that means inwards, they also have this. They have even more inwards. So sometimes we see that uh, once it gets expressed outwardly, like the, like the dough does in a person, that means uh, they have more inside. Shkoyach good Shabbos, be well.